This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Pivotal Conversations podcast. Um, as always, it's your host Kyle Trainor. Um Just finished up a really, really amazing conversation uh, with Jake Carter. Myself and Jake have only really known each other for the good part of a week. Um, but I mean, as you, you're going to hear in this conversation, we we kind of think on the same wavelength and. Um, you know we're, we're kind of into the same stuff um which is it's it makes for a really good podcast um you know but uh, jake is also someone that through the grapevine i've only ever heard uh, amazing things about and you know also a lot of people he's helped a lot of people that i know and um you know after knowing him for a week it was a no-brainer to get him on the podcast because not only do we think about the same stuff and and kind of think on the same wavelength but you know He's also very successful in the industry and also um, has a very beautiful mind and, and you know, he's, he's put a lot of, I guess, blood, sweat and tears into um, his career, which you also hear in the podcast. And, um, you know, that comes out in the amount of knowledge that he actually has. Um, for any of you guys that um, haven't seen Jake present, um, you know, he's got a holistic view in the way he does things, um, but also... <laughs> Uh, there's a there's just a depth and a substance into the way he thinks about what he presents on and um you know a, a level of care and passion that goes into it as well and um you know even just spending a, a you know the last week with jake we've kind of talked uh, back and forth about business about many different topics but um you know it's definitely he was definitely someone that i was very keen to have on the podcast and uh in this episode we actually talk about um many many different things we don't dive too deep into any uh kind of sciencey based stuff but we we definitely talk about some principles that you can really take away and we kind of dive deep into uh you know mindfulness thoughts um you know the ego and and a lot of these things that really cause us um issues in achieving anything um and it just really is a great conversation and something that if you you know you do indulge in this episode i want you to to really really listen and and try to take away some points because i think it can really help you on whatever journey you are going on if you're a, a trainer out there trying to achieve some success in business trying to progress in your career if you're someone who's just lifting and and um is kind of wanting to uh you know a- achieve more or or I guess we we kind of talked about enlightenment and and also alignment is you know if you you're looking to if you you're going through any type of suffering at the moment this is really is a great conversation for you to listen to and um you know it was definitely a pleasure to have him on the podcast and 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 chat and riff like we did um you know so as always if you did enjoy the episode um the way that you can support the podcast is just by sharing it um, if if you got a heap out of it, share it with your friends. And if there's anything that um, you know in the future that you want us to cover, or anyone you want to see on the podcast as well, feel free to reach out. Um, you know, and we we'd be happy to uh, to definitely get that that person on or have that discussion. Uh, so I hope you enjoy um, this episode of Pivotal Conversations. Yeah. So 
the reality is is that we don't have a choice right in 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 that hardware yeah so right the hardware is a environmentally adapted process of surveying the horizon environment the, th- the potential threats to see if there are long-term survivals in jeopardy now obviously with mankind we've created this world which is really for self-preservation we got roofs air conditioning central heating fridges all these cooking amenities which doesn't really put our long-term survival in jeopardy so the mechanism of whether or not we need this constant analysis is probably at our detriment now well if we talk about and we'll give the we'll give the viewers some context right like the the context of what we're talking about is uh, we're talking about thought and and you know we've been kind of debating for the last couple of hours um if we have a choice in thought or not or if it's you know stimulated by our environment and you know also you know um if it's something that um if we can control our thoughts and and you know my answer was no and the reason that i said no is because of exactly what we were just talking about is like you know the 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 fact that we think we can control our thoughts is is silly because in any moment we can't right because it's always we are so evolutionary designed and we are so evolutionary designed to protect ourselves and survive that if we could control our thoughts we wouldn't be thinking about what would be happening in the next moment which is the most important thing to survival and and yeah and that's that's i guess that's where we what i was talking about in in regards to um in regards to um the the whole kind of whether we have a choice in thought or not is that i i just don't think we do and i think you know at the end of the day the best way to and and you know if we're going to talk about this in context for what the podcast is about it's about uh you know pivotal conversations for personal trainers and and you know the way we're thinking we're talking about thought now is that you know in my opinion the one thing that holds most pts back from achieving what they want to achieve is um you know it it, it definitely is overwhelm and it's it's the the thought of failure right in a sense and the and the thoughts that we project and and the burden we place on ourselves from the outside world when we're in business that um can kind of lead us to that and that's that's why i think it's important that i think this is this is the kind of the consciousness talk is that your ability to become conscious and observe your thoughts from a subjective view and almost stop in the moment and and be mindful is is one of the things that allows you to make better decisions moving forward and not be controlled by the subconscious or unconscious mind yeah 100 percent. and when when we look at this so like like you were mentioning because this was a we've been speaking for this for definitely over two hours now Mm. um so yeah i definitely agree that we can't really control our thoughts and the thoughts is a byproduct from the environment and the environment's molded from really mankind. But when we look at this originally, what happened before mankind existed and the environment and evolution when we were just 
aquatic species, say for instance, we weren't necessarily modeling the environment then. So was the environment still a trigger for the thoughts in the earlier species from what we evolved from? I think the environment is always, um, again, it's a survival thing. Like, you know, look at that. The only reason we do evolve is because of survival. So I don't think, it, you know, in any particular moment, and the problem is, is, is and, and I mean, the reason that we evolve is because we're unconscious to the consequences, right? So, you know, all we're thinking about is survival and we're thinking that's that's constantly what drives us as humans, right? So the fact that we're unconscious to any consequences is exactly why we are where we are right now. I think from when we look at the terms of uh, our evolution, we probably had the greatest progression when our thoughts weren't a byproduct from our environment anymore, but our thoughts molded that environment so it's the flip so if we look at normal evolution uh, we, you know it's the environment creating the self-awareness and that kind of uh, almost perpetual fibrillating state of anxiety that am I going to survive or not am I in threat and it was that flip point where that thought wasn't actually produced from the environment anymore but yet that thought that then decided to model that environment for the preservation of the individual and that's probably what allowed us to grow further so really trying to allow the the thoughts to not be influenced as much or not acting on the the influenced thoughts but really trying to model the environment to influence your thoughts in a manner which you desire but then again you've got the whole realm of what you've been discussing on quantum consciousness or whatever yeah, yeah well and i think that's you know again uh, if you look at it as a as a as a chain, right? It's like you know the the first chain will always be environment, right? Mm. So what you talked about before was, and what you just mentioned was the evolutionary s- side of things, and that you know when we made our our most progress, it was environment, and then we you know we would model our environment after that to, and and that would where we would make our most progress. But the first part of the chain is still environment, mm. right? And that's I think that's the 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 reason that. And the reason we're talking about this is because, you know, me and you are highly invested in, um, I guess you could call it success, high achieving and, and, you know, what makes people tick and and how we can get the best out of people and, you know, how we can, we've obviously been talking about suffering and, um, you know, Sam Harris put it perfectly before when we're listening to him is, is pain is one thing and suffering is another. So, you know, and and one thing that I've said clearly on on this podcast before is if, um, you know, if I punch you in the arm, that is pain. If you think about it for the next five days, that is suffering. Mm. And and I think that's what becomes super important here is is to realize that, um, you know, all thought is caused by suffering. And the only reason it is is because we attach it to the self. Now, the reality is, is that thoughts arise based on our environment. We don't have a choice in them. And I'm, I truly believe that because of the fact that we are so... Uh, instinctually hardwired hardwired to survive that it's you know you're always you know you could just be walking down the street and you know it's still your environment that gets you thinking about something or it's it's something that's previously happened in your environment um you know even in your post before that you were talking about is is that they're all based on previous memories which again are the first chain in the link is environment Mm. so i think like you know if we're going to kind of talk about our ability 
to you know uh, achieve in general whatever it is um and and even you you can kind of elaborate on this but you know even what's the the uh what are the other consequences of uh you know the psychology or the you know the you know what happens after the bad thought what happens after once we start to which you have the anxiety because you know i guarantee it's going to happen to you at some point in business right and and i think um you know especially as pts right like it's or even anyone out there that's listening to this if you're trying to achieve something whether it's progression in your career or or anything or um you know whether you're in the gym training or anything like that but it's you know i think this is it's a it's a really in-depth uh subject but for me it's a plays a massive massive role so you know what are the consequences of getting lost in thought causing yourself suffering and and you know the I guess the 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 negative spiral that can it can lead from a even just a physiological side of things and all of the the other byproducts. Yeah, and I guess the the key thing is presence. You know, like we were discussing. So, like you, we required this this hardware, this innately installed mechanism of surveying and analyzing our surrounding for survival. But now we don't necessarily require that, and it's presence which is going to give us the ability to become self-aware and acknowledge that there's a specific thought, but allow us or empower us with the ability to either action that or accept and hopefully move on from that thought. And then I guess the thoughts become toxic when they're oppressed and not expressed. So when we oppress a thought, when we do not allow it to be lived let's 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 say um that's when issues could manifest within the body physically or physiologically so that uh, the whole the whole process of being self-aware and understanding appreciating respecting and releasing thoughts is paramount especially in the element of presence yeah for sure 100 percent. and then that makes a lot of sense right it's i think it's almost mindfulness as a practice um you know mindfulness is your ability to pay attention to the thought and almost you know people say like give yourself a break and these kind of things but i think you know if we actually look at the the process of mindfulness it's reaching or you know having the thought and then that is that decision is okay well you know is that actually true and right and and but the problem is if you're unconscious you have an inability to actually be mindful so what happens is is you know we have this kind of um you know this need for success in and especially in business is like you know people are like yeah like even like thinking critically and and needing to hustle and and all of this stuff is there but then if you know if you lack that ability to become conscious of um thoughts and observe them then you lack the ability to be mindful which means that you know you're not actually paying attention to the thought you're just listening to it so the reality is is that to think that in any particular moment or even um, over time is that you can control 100% of your thoughts and only have positive thoughts. It's, it's setting you up for, for failure. Mm. It's setting you up for a bad time. And I think the, the key thing, again, what we were speaking about earlier before we start recording is the disassociation between self and our thoughts because you can think thoughts and that doesn't really make you who you are. It's if you action those thoughts so having that cognitive divide and understanding that okay well that thought what just occurred in my head wasn't probably the most productive or beneficial or positive and understanding that you know we will go through times where we think these possible 
unpreferable thoughts is normal it's more than okay you know it's, it's who we are as a human being that's that's our, our species and it's that goes back to the post what i did a couple of days ago is that we need the polarity of these thoughts because really it's a matter of duality because without one side you don't have the other there is no up there is no down mm. you can't have left without right for mm. instance so it gives context value and meaning it almost carves the depth and the appreciation for the opposing end of that that emotional scale that thought scale yeah like i think you only really like you only know what success is because of failure or yeah. you know and and or like you only you only know what feels good because you know what feels bad or, or vice versa right like it's mm. it's the it's it's kind of it has to be that way and i think it's your ability to observe and become more even on those kind of things is that you know i think what it's not just being mindful of when you feel bad or when you have negative thoughts but when you also have positive right because it's you know your ability to be mindful in the moment will stop you from over exaggerating like you know think of <laughs> we've all made bad decisions when we're in a negative headspace but we've also made some bad mm. decisions when we're in a positive headspace yeah. um and you know like you, you know this could kind of relate to maybe spending more money you know you, you make a you, you're doing quite well in, in that period of time and then you go out and you spend money and you, you do these things and, and your ability to be mindful in that situation again it's it's not just i think this is this is why it's like your ability to be even in the moment and just recognize things as they are is and almost have that objective or subjective uh, view, sorry, subjective view, and, and almost as an observer becomes really, really important in everything that you do. Yeah. Um, and and everything relies on context. So, like you were just saying, you know, you might make a lot of money, but is it relative to that context, and is that context relative to the time scale of which that's going to be applicable? So, it's funny because I was interviewing... Um, someone who did a TED talk the other day and, and they actually mentioned this story um, of I believe it was this this Buddhist monk so this kid gets this horse and then someone goes up to him and then says oh well that's good that the kid's got the horse and the Buddhist monk goes oh we'll see and then later on the kid falls off the horse and breaks a leg and then someone goes up to the Buddhist monk and says oh that's bad that the kid's broke the leg and the Buddhist one goes, we'll see. Yeah. And then there's a big war. So everyone goes to war, but the kid, because he's broke his leg. Yeah. So then it's almost a blessing, you know, so it's relative on that context. And, you know, it's like, uh, I always like to um, remember the quote, opportunity often comes misguided as misfortune. Because, again, at that given moment in time where you may be of despair, sometimes we, we do need to feel those emotions that despair as an extrinsic factor you know away from motivated to fuel the change which was desired you know mm. so sometimes when we're looking at these thought processes or these emotions or these behaviors some of the most detrimental or harming thoughts could be some of our biggest blessings because it can um, put forward this possibility for platforming us in a different direction for better alignment but but that is the unknown right and and i think the the the, the, the real point here is is to not accept what is going on right like it's it's the ability like you know to give yourself that subjective view of whatever the situation is is the key mm. right that is what 
the the thing is because you're never going to know the future but the reality is is that you can create it yeah and and this is funny again so i was reading uh another monk right (laughs) these monks man i know what's happening to us um and he he stated in fact let me just pull it up because it's literally just here that um here we go um most people have a hard time letting go of their suffering out of fear of the unknown they prefer suffering that is familiar yeah so they'd rather put up with the familiar suffering what they may be facing on a day-to-day week-to-week month-to-month endeavor than try to release that and put themselves in this uh possibility to encounter no suffering or maybe worse or maybe more or different but it's that that fear of the unknown which many people have which debilitates them it disables them in the progression and their movement into actually achieving what they want yeah and i think you know again what is what is that what is that that is thought right like Mm. all suffering is caused by being lost in thought and and that's both ways right like it's and i think what you you know that that is the truth and and that's why i say is like you know you you can't control the fact that you are fearing the unknown right you can only subjectively say whether that it was rational or not right and you can and and the reality is is that you know we're trying to foresee the future that we we never will be able to and i think this is where the uh, your ability to be mindful of things like this and and you know these thoughts is that you know the reality is is you're never going to be able to tell the future Hmm. but you can make good decisions and you can accumulate good decisions and and, you know quantum physics tells us man that decisions create energy and and you know everything reverberates a one of my favorite quotes is that um you know the universe waits instant by instant no the universe holds its breath as we choose instant by instant instant which pathway we follow and what that talks about is that in any moment you have a decision that decision reverberates an energy for the world to see eternally like the butterfly effect yeah, so it's like one butterfly flying in a certain direction could change the the formation of the winds, which could create a hurricane, for instance. So it's yeah. like the ripple effects, you know. But yeah, it's the, when we look at thoughts, well, well, let's break things down. Everything is atoms vibrating. Right? Okay, so well, you know we're atoms. This box in front of us is made of atoms, and when we have thoughts, that creates a different different vibrational frequency, and therefore you can even see the biomagnetic biomagnetic energy in studies you know people when they're happy versus when they're mm. sad it's like when you have plants you speak to plants and the biomagnetic energy enables them to grow in a more healthful way whereas if you think negative thoughts or speak negatively negatively to plants it won't grow as fast you mm. know or in fact it starts to die faster mm. and the same again with water and the molecular structure of the water under a microscope when you think these thoughts which are positive or negative so you know is the, the power of thoughts our or and or our ability to action the thoughts and the respect of thoughts as well i guess when you think about this the whole concept of mindset and mindfulness i mean mindfulness is getting a lot of publicity but i still don't think it has the element of respect which it deserves because you know it's it's your your thoughts which I believe anyway, I don't know what you're going to say here, right? But I do believe your thoughts model your world, okay? But, or the action of your thoughts model your world, okay? No, no, so I know what you're saying. Mm. So, and for me, it's not, your thoughts do model your world, Mm. right? But why do they get modeled by that? 
because you listen to them, mm. right? So the, the thoughts you listen to model your world. Yeah. And that's, 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 I guess that's the reality in this situation is that, you know, you're like, and that's the truth, right? Like what happens, your subconscious mind is based on your environment. So your environment is obviously the, the five people you hang around. It's the, yep, where room. you live. Yep. It's, it's all of these things, right? So it's, it's okay. If we look at that, it's like, you know, that environment dictates the thoughts you have, right? And the thoughts, you you know, if you listen to those thoughts, you're lost in them. You can't even see that it is your environment that is causing that. So with the quote, you're a product of your environment, is it the environment creating the thoughts or is it the thoughts creating the environment or is it self-fulfilling or, you know, is it... I think it's, I think it's both. Bi-directional. Right? It's, it's the, you know, the, 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 the environment creates the thought and if you're unconscious, then you aren't being mindful of that thought, which means you're listening to it, which means that your self-worth is so low that you don't want to change your environment. And it becomes self-perpetuating and it's almost like, like I was mentioning earlier with Einstein's definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again but expecting different results. Results. So therefore, it comes into presence, and the presence develops self-awareness, and the self-awareness is the subjective perception. Yeah, and 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 to just to further that, you know, I'm I'm reading a book at the moment, and it's and it's really cool. But you know, one of the quotes that really jumped out to me was, you know, the mind knows the truth behind the thoughts, right? So it's it's understanding that you know, at the end of the day, and this way you can't you can't like true gratitude is is expressed through being present, mm. right? Because it's the it really is the only way that you can feel grateful is because you can be. This is why monks, man, they don't need anything, yeah, right? Because they're present all the time. Well, they see the beauty, enlightenment. Like like we were saying, yeah. the, their definition of enlightenment is being still, yeah. Exactly right yeah. because they don't, they know that you know again what's the product of thought I need to buy a car I need mm. this materialistic things is all caused by being lost in thought and believing we need something to be happy when really like everyone said being happy is an internal perspective and sorry I just combine two things together but I put a question up can money buy you happiness and um, you know happiness is an internal perspective proven mm. by monks that you don't need much to be happy and, and really you can be happy by truly being present because what if we talk about happiness really it's a feeling right so you know that feeling can only be taken away from you by being lost in thought mm. and I guess you know that's what we can take away from this and, and you know if we're going to take away anything is, is it's that is your ability to be more present and, and like you said mindfulness is like it's like this thing it's don't you know, Sam Harris says, don't meditate because it's good for you. You know, don't just almost like jump on the bad wagon of mindfulness without actually indulging and practicing and, and you know, getting into it and understanding it and, and, you know, applying it properly. Because as I said, the, the you know, and, and this is what it talks about is the mind knows the truths of one's thoughts. And, and that's the reality is in the moment you can't be truly, if you're not, you, you can't just fake being grateful because it's, it defeats the purpose. Gratitude is, it's a, th well, it's that emotional frequency and vibration, which will emit when you are actually grateful too. Yeah. It's quite funny because you, you, I, you know, the, um, I was speaking earlier as well. We should have just left this recording all day. Um, that, uh, human species is the only species which can lie. So that's quite interesting when we think about our thoughts. Is that the ability of self-awareness used in the wrong manner which creates the ability to lie? Because it's the 
level of understanding what you're doing right now and the, the perceived outcome of if you say something X, Y, Z. So you could even look at, is that self-awareness used wrongly? Yeah, well, like yeah, yeah. it is, big, yeah. and and then that's 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 the point here is that you know like it's it's this is you know we kind of well, I'll bring it back to the gratitude thing is like you know you you you're trying to practice gratitude because you're externalizing what gratitude actually is based on what you think saying that will help you achieve or bring to you whether that's money or anything like that because you know gratitude is something that's obviously um, what's the word. Uh, attached attached yeah. to someone who's successful like most people that we view as successful we probably view as grateful because people hold money in this high regard right so it's it's this thing that if you know if i if i'm grateful i might uh might end up being successful so you know nah gratitude 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 when really all that matters is the internal like gratitude is an internal feeling that when you are truly grateful that will obviously end up and, and bring you happiness because you aren't trying to externalize your success. You aren't looking for something to make you happy. You, you, you know, you're creating your own happiness by your actions and these kind of things. And I've found when I've been most happy is when I've needed, needed less. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Did I, you get I, that cup? Sorry, out? I just had the hiccups. Um, <laughs> yeah. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and I think, like you know, as I said, this 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 podcast is like you know, you're obviously you you could talk about many other different things, right? Mm. And and that's what you know, you, you could talk about gut health, gut health, everything. But yeah. at the end of the day, man, like I think this is the stuff that matters. And, and exactly, you know, me and you, I, I don't think I've asked you once about any of that stuff, and no. since we haven't, no, and we no. haven't talked about it once. No. And I think I want you to talk about that, man. I want to talk about the evolution of your career, and and obviously, you know from a, a you know a standpoint of um being in the industry is uh, how like w- w- what's the evolution been because obviously you played massive em- place massive emphasis on uh learning the science and learning the craft i guess in a sense but um now that you are um what like you you are where you are right and you're presenting mm. and stuff like that how much are you kind of looking beyond that and into substance and and kind of you know uh the stuff we're even talking about now yeah wow so and obviously like i think as well like you're one of the guys who's probably making the connection Hmm. right like you you know you you have the ability now to make the connection between what you've previously learned and then this kind of i guess the, the depth in what we're talking about now and how they actually affect each other exactly well just looking at that point alone before i get into my journey it's um when we look at any research papers there needed to be a hypothesis for the very initial start of that research paper so the whole school of oh well it's not evidence based it's not proven well it's like well absence of evidence doesn't mean evidence of absence and we need to have a hypothesis in order for us to test something to therefore qualify and quantify and therefore prove it's valid so we need both ends of the spectrum we need to understand and appreciate okay well cool maybe this thing does work maybe we should try it out maybe we should test it and test it on the masses and then hey you you never know you're going to find something new and then it becomes research it becomes scientific it becomes evidence-based so you do need both sides and when we look at a lot of the practices such as you know like traditional chinese medicine indigenous medicines 
Well, that's, all, that's so much of what the current conventional medical model is based around. We look at aspirin, how it's derived from white willow bark, and we look at morphine, and we look at the um, origins from you know poppy seeds and the opioids, and we look at uh, NSAIDs and turmeric. You know, and the, this 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 close relative effect, which the current pharmaceutical model has based their whole whole kind of process around it's all coming from this traditional element and you know they couldn't really prove jack shit then right but it was right so there's a lot of stuff what they did what we don't do which we've got disconnected from what we're starting to understand and see the essentiality and priority and the absolute relevance for such as grounding such as sunlight such as breathing properly so, you know, when, when we look at this whole blend between the evidence-based scientific model and the holistic hippie side, yeah, there does need to be both sides merging together. And usually someone's on one side of the fence trying to dispute and put yeah, down yeah. the other. You know, so the, 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 the best, me- this is something I always say at my seminars, is that the best methodology to have is to have no set methodology at all. And again you know absence of evidence isn't evidence of absence and another thing what i always try to relay at the start of every seminar is that no matter what your goal is it the foundational structure of those goals is based upon this pyramid okay and at the very bottom that's where we have health and happiness so health doesn't just mean your physiological health but your mental health too and yet your happiness well you could be the healthiest person in the world but if you aren't happy then you know it's not cool and if you're the happiest person in the world but you're not healthy then is that happiness going to be long lived probably not so we need this synergistic bi-directional relationship with one another so it's a beautiful equation which we can build and develop any goal from but anyway going back to my journey so I started off in the industry around 10 years ago as a self-employed personal trainer at the age of 15 turning 16 so I started off quite young and I got injured very early on, probably in the, within the first couple of weeks of starting. In fact, let's 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 go back even further. Okay, so I was at school. I dropped out, started training in a gym. Everyone starts training in a gym for, at school, right? Okay, so I started training, and you know the 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 gym said, "Look, we can we can take you on. We know you're not qualified, but we'll pay you three pound sixty four an hour." I was like, jackpot. You know, I'm getting to do my dream. So I dropped out. And then I was working in this gym. And because I was working in this gym, someone who was there and they were at college, they, um, they turned around and said to me, look, look, Jake, you know, I know you know your stuff. How about, you know, becoming a PT? Have you ever thought about it? You could bypass the first two years and you could get onto the last year. So I was like, yeah, sweet. Okay, I'll, I'll go with that. So I just did a year at college. As soon as that finished, whilst I was still working at this other gym, I become a self-employed PT at the age of just turning 16. So then I got injured straight away and I'm working amongst these big, you know, 21 year olds, which at the time when you're 16, they're a lot bigger than you, especially when they're juiced Mm. up. So if you're self-employed in a new gym and you're about nine stone wet through and you're tiny as well, because I'm not the tallest guy of the bunch, right? It doesn't really portray the image of what you're trying to deliver and it doesn't really represent the product of what you're selling. So I think, right, what, what modality can I control? And since I couldn't train for my injuries because I had a bulge disc in L3-4 and L4-5, and then soon after that, from after that actually finally got um, remediated through 
what I'm shortly about to speak about, I got a slap tear in my shoulder. So, you know, the only modalities what I could control was nutrition. And then from that, I developed the relationship and the, the love, care, compassion, respect of nutrition in terms of manipulating the functions of our body, especially that being healing. So that's how I started to understand the essentiality and power of proper nutrition and its nutrient properties in terms of managing inflammation and, you know, allowing the body to restore its true function. So I delve deeper into these books because you know I've become a, a nerd by default of injury yeah. and I listen to podcasts because you know I, I tried reading books and I couldn't really get that far because I, I like to look for pattern recognition when I read so I jump several letters ahead and I come back and forward so I found podcasts were the bomb I started listening to um, uh, many different podcasts you know saving my money reinvesting continuously reinvesting sacrifice my my um my um younger days just to work and learn you know which is i can hand on heart say that's paid off now uh and yeah i went through the ranks of being a team leader you know pt managing um and then going to a national role in terms of um, education in the company and that was about six a six year process and I got I got basically overqualified for the affluence of my area so then I moved to Manchester I was in a fantastic uh, PT performance facility it's quite renowned in the UK but um, you know again my level of information because I, I continuously fueled this learning because it become a passion it become a hobby it become this fantastic way to develop myself every single day and the level of the clients what I was getting wasn't really requiring the content of information what I wished to d- to deliver. You know, it didn't mirror that of what I wanted to portray. You know, yeah. it become autonomous. It become autonomic. It become the same shit, different face sort of thing. So I wanted to diversify and amplify and broaden my career, my business. So that's when I went online, and then. At that point, I've been online for just around two years or so. Um, but at that point, you know, I was I I I did a couple of seminars internationally um, around Europe when I was in Manchester. But then only been the past couple of years that I've been presenting globally, and that leads me up here right now today. Uh, what was there a point in which you know your I guess perception of what you were doing or what you knew it was going to take changed. So from a point of looking at, um, you kind of said that you went online. Like what was the decision to go online? Um, I know you said it was because obviously the level of clientele, Mm. right? But then, you know, I also know that the last two years you said have been completely different for you. Yeah. Uh, And, and, you know, from a a point of success, right? And looking at it from success, I know that's a – it's a bit of a hocus pocus word, right? Relative but term, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, what was the change, and why? You know, what? What do you, you obviously had the probably the most successful, or, or kind of best two years in your career? Hundred percent. Yeah. What do you put that down to? Hmm. Um, well, first of all, one thing which, which I did do at the age of about twenty. Mm was a dream board 
I did a dream board. You know the old school vision board dream. I don't know if have you done one of them. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I got one in my room right now. Yeah, like I want to get. Well, I'm getting whiteboards in this place. I'm gonna do one. So um, you know, I made a dream board and I, I put these different pictures on and you know did this goal stuff and did a lot of um, law of attraction. Um, you know, and just just really envisioned and felt and lived the goal in my mind, and I made sure I believed it. You know, but I always made sure that the the goals were were worthy of being a goal you know many people think they've got a goal but they've got a task it's not a goal it doesn't make the balls tingle you know it's not something yeah, to yeah. to have and have and written down with your name next to it okay so the goals most people have are just just hindered from self-limiting beliefs and installed paradigms that they possibly aren't worthy of it or they're not able to achieve it so i always made sure i dreamt big you know and i always made sure i just envisioned it if i couldn't believe it and then when i start to believe it i push it more and chase it so i think that's a big thing but then the 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 um what the turning point what you're asking about here um the, well i've always invested heavily in my education quite 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 a lot yeah yeah you know and 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 it's it's a funny process of how it's been really because you could say that i've bypassed university because i didn't go to university i just went to college for one year and you know, and it's now got to the fortunate position where ten percent of my attendees in the seminars will be doctors. So you know, it's a it's a a unique approach. But I guess the the, the turning point was just making sure. Was there a reason you went online? Like what? And I know that you said because of the clientele you wanted to mm. use, but from a progression standpoint, from a, a freedom standpoint, and you know, what's the, what has been the paradigm shift since then? Oh well, you know, well first of all, if, if you, you feel free. You know, you don't feel a slave working the 6 a.m. start till the 11 a.m. and then you have got 11 a.m. till 4 p.m. off sat at home meal prepping, having a power nap training, and then you start at 5 p.m. till 8 p.m. kind of unsociable hours of the PT life. You know, so it enabled me to become free of that. And then I, um, you know, had the ability to travel. I've done a lot of traveling. You know, this year I've done 49 flights, uh, which I'm entirely grateful of. And seeing the world and experiencing different cultures, cuisines, and, you know, making memories and seeing the environment, the world in most beautiful places. So I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was just shackled to the gym, you know, working the, 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 the man hours but again that is needed you know the, the being in the trenches that is needed to develop those interpersonal skills that respect that that empathy for coaches which mm. I now teach but as for the turning point yeah no I've, I've just always you know what I used to hate teaching I used to be scared of speaking you know like at school I, w I would really really freak out if I like wanted to if, if I got asked to read a paragraph from a book my face would go bright red I'd stumble I'd stammer mm. I'd stutter I'd fuck it up but you know uh, I guess I from understanding and, and by the way yeah. it doesn't have to be a turning point mm. right like yeah. I think and I think you know that's the, that's the other thing here is like there doesn't have to be a turning point like no, sometimes it just seems just to be continual a continuous move in that progress you know like I've, I've just basically followed my passion and i've followed my passion more and more i think and it's a it's a progress yeah. thing like you know um like it's it's that continually hunting for progress and, mm. and wanting more and, and and you know understanding and, and almost self-awareness of what you want yeah right is that ability to be like in the moment is like if i'm not happy with where i am you know i have to create a plan and we're and responsible for who we are and yeah what we are. and i mean i guess you know for me 
as I said, looking looking into what we're we're actually doing now, and this conversation is is about you know sorry this podcast is about pivotal conversations right and and i mean that's what i'm trying to express through this is that you know it is a constant hunt for mm. progression yeah and it's, it's, it is. there's no turning point because if there was a turning point i guess that would say that i'm happy where i am right now and i'm not and I, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm not grateful i'm grateful but you know there's i'm far from where i want to be and that that finish line keeps them moving forward and don't get me wrong yeah i do have many times where i'm i stop and i appreciate what i've done but there is no specific turning point because that'd be indicative to the transition of what i was prior to where i'm now and that that initial stages are essential just as essential as the stage which i'm currently facing right here at this moment here today and modeling me in my business and my transition is my as my person because everything is a learning curve and everything is just as uniquely valuable at that relative moment in time just as long as you're chasing your passion i think you know there's a as a quote you know you're exactly where you need to be in any moment you know like a lot of people are like oh, i'm not where i you know i'm not where i should be and, mm. and you know this is all based on thought what we were talking about at the start is that yep. you know oh you know I'm, I'm i'm 28 and i'm not where i want to be i'm i'm you know i'm getting older or or any of these things that at the end of the day are purely just thought but you know at the end of the day they're putting this uh pressure on us and they're causing us the suffering that we're talking about and that suffering is then causing you to uh not make progress in your career and, and i think it disconnects the the presence you know the suffering will pull away from presence and yeah. that, that that's the when we look at this okay so the the model of life is unique to anyone you know that's why people have different values someone could be training for just an emotional outlet someone could be training for a hobby someone could be training because they have diabetes someone could be training because they want to get ripped you know so that 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 value of that action is relative to that individual as is that value of life and what they do and i guess what society does is it installs this model of living to the masses you know you everyone thinks right you go to school you go to college you go uni you get a job you then get a partner then you get a married then you get a dog then you get a mortgage and then you retire then you get a pension then you have then you're looking after your grandkids you know that's the that's the model of life which is installed and imprinted upon us when you know when we look at this you could say right well why is this model installed upon us and you could look at it from the uh, economy of the country you know well first of all if, if you get married if you have a relationship if you get a house if you get a mortgage you're fixed in that country so the economy of that country is going to be more stable so therefore mm. it's beneficial for the country because you're not diverse and and going from one country to the next and you know you're going to be keeping everything more aligned and also look if you've got a family and stuff you're probably going to you know you're going to be less frivolent you know you, you're gonna you're gonna be more caring and, and more reserved so therefore the crime's going to be different okay so really it's society's installing these this ideological way of living which people don't have to adhere to you don't have to adhere to how society wants you to live but you know we do have the morals and the values and the perception and the respect of everything else not just human to human but the ecosystem with which we live in and that's another thing when we look at humans we like to we're, we're meaning seeking the longest time with individuals on a frequent basis so therefore it's more likely to actually create lifestyle change and changes and improvements in their cognitive thinking their physiological health their biomechanical functioning and that is going to impact masses and not just that but the message what we're portraying on us that quantum conscious effects of you know elevating people to think on the same just break down the paradigms and think on the same kind of level of consciousness and 
perception and projection and all these different priorities in terms of nurturing one's health in a synergistic multifactorial model in the human body not just looking at okay are we physically aesthetically pleasing but actually looking at the physiology the gut health the neurobiology looking at the the their um the the relationships the psychology you know all these different things and making sure that it's nurtured and getting that message across is going to be profound in terms of the the actual preservation and evolution of humans downstream to come because if you look at it now it seems disjointed there's med- there's many different approaches which are monolithical that they are linear that they don't integrate all these different systems and then we get these dysfunctions deficiencies diseases arising and could that be stolen evolution could that be creating worse issues in the world what we live in 100 fucking percent yes but if we can get that message across can we overcome many of these things indefinitely you know 100 percent, and and i think like as you said and, and we can kind of probably talk about this we talked about it before but you know um it probably is when your endeavors are you know don't get me wrong you always have to have you know, like it's it's probably unrealistic to say that everything you do is selfless right like you, you you're going to have your own interests at heart mm. um as, as a human to obviously naturally to you know survive and earn money to live and these kind of things but you know how much of a role has that played in your maybe the you know maybe that could have been the turning point we don't know because you know for you but like um you know how much has that played a role that kind of selfless understanding um of what you're doing and and the you know maybe it was the first time you presented and and that kind of thing but you know what role has that played in your i guess progression to this point is you know the understanding that you know yeah, you you know you've always got to kind of look after your own backyard a little bit and make sure that that's getting kind of looked after. But you're also the the change and um, meta impact that you've seen it make um, from presenting around the world, from coaching people all around the world, from you know kind of diving deeper than most into and indulging in the information that can be life changing. Yeah, well, when we look at this selfless approach, you know, I. I I'm not a monk, you know. You know, and this is a a thing what we must practice, nurture, respect, and really um, make effort to on a day-to-day basis. And you know, um, I think one of the biggest things which challenges that is egotism. You know, Mm. so then we look at you know the narcissism and the egotism which is being generated in the realms of social media. That's disconnecting the level of selflessness. So we we the first step would be to ensure that people dissolve their ego that they don't feed this exterior motive which is of true of no true alignment to their their real goals or values or direction you know and really it's just this kind of ego comes from insecurity you know you know that that they that they feel that they are not worthy enough and really improving their own self-worth dissolves that requirement of the ego which therefore means that they don't have to do shit for themselves and that they can actually have this element of interdependency rather than independency and it can nurture people synergistically and then if you help those around you it's only going to be reciprocated back 100% and for me it's a judgment thing as well right mm. like you know um, something that I say is you know it's relative consciousness so very quick we, we become uh, judgmental of those around us without understanding that we are all in the same position, just at different levels. So, my knowledge on uh, the gut, or you know, just as an example, and these kind of things, is not. But you know, there's going to be something that you're, in, I guess, as an individual, um, 
going to lack in something. Like you're mm. always going to lack in something in relation yeah. to somebody else. And I think that's important is very quick. You know, we see someone on the street wearing different clothes to us or someone's got a funny haircut or something yep. like that. And we're very quick to judge. And the reality is, is that if you're judging others, you're going to be judging yourself at some particular point. Yeah. And right? often it's a reflection to your yourself anyway. Yeah. You know, so... Um, and when we when we look at that, it's the uh, interdependency is such an essential thing. It's like the three stages. You go dependent. You know, when we're born, we're dependent on our mothers. Then we become teenagers, and usually that's the stage where most people get stuck. Whether independent, they want to do stuff for themselves, yeah. but having that interdependency, that synergistic team effect, mm. you can amplify one another. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So one of the questions I ask everyone is: Is there a conversation that changed everything for you? Because I, I have this really big belief that conversations are life changing. Conversations spark innovation. Conversations, you know, can change people's lives. And is there one that comes to mind? You don't have to kind of go into massive, massive detail, but maybe give us an insight into the lesson that it taught you. Um, is this PC? This? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one second. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll just write this down on here. I'll show you and then I'll <laughs> yeah okay that's cool alright uh, I hate how it always comes up but it does have relative well it's it's valuable and it was the it was the pivotal probably probably the paradigm shift in ego dissolving process which occurred which enabled me to transition and amplify where I am okay and that would be the use of DMT. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I guess, as I said, we don't need to go into detail yeah. of, of, you know, what happened or anything like that. But, you know, what was the lesson? And what did you, you know, mm. how has it changed, you know, who you are today? Yeah, well, we were discussing this earlier. So yeah. we are yeah. saying how, um, when we look at this, you know, presence, you know, presence and self-awareness that that's comes from being still and that's where you you really is it almost like disconnect the conscious mind and you can gain that through meditation or you know there's the whole realms of psychedelics such as psilocybin lsd ayahuasca dmt which kind of mimic this effect you know and in studies it, it's been shown to decrease delta waves access different areas of the brain um, treat uh, addiction, PTSD, depression, you know, so it does lead to these changes in the brain. But in terms of the, the, the initial process, uh, it, it creates this ego death. And it's that which transitions you from becoming self centered to selfless. Mm. And that was the, the biggest thing, yeah. Without sure. going into detail. Yeah, for sure. And I think, <coughs> you know, I can honestly say that I've experienced the same thing in the last two years. Um, through meditation, man. Um, through through kind of you know, I've been on a silent retreat where we were meditating for three to four hours a day, and and these kind of things. And um, you know, uh, honestly, man, like for my first until about two and a half years ago, I was completely self-centered. Everything I did in business was revolved around earning more money, and it didn't matter how. It was you know, it was a self-centered place. And and you know what? That was when I was at my most anxious mm. i suffered from extreme anxiety i suffered and that was when i was you know it was funny because i was so self-centered that i was doing things and we were talking about it before but i was doing them for other people mm. because i wanted to feel good from what other people thought of me yeah. and that's where i was so self-centered that it caused me anxiety and it caused me to 
to be you know um you know caused me so much suffering and, and it's funny man like it you know as i said i didn't i don't have a problem with you kind of talking about it on here man because I, I i personally have never experienced anything you know with, with psychedelics um but i've meditated for nearly two and a half years now and there's been places that i've gone to that uh, through meditation yeah. and, and just becoming so present and and you know being able to feel what's going through my body at any particular time, um, you know and and obviously it's it's a it's a thing that fluctuates and goes down and up. But you know I, I completely understand and and that's where you know my the removal of judgment and my ability to think selflessly and and not all the time not perfect right and and you know there's still times but i think what becomes more apparent to me is my ability not to unconsciously just continue Mm. my ability to pick up when i am feeling selfish or when i am letting the ego take over i think my ability to become aware of it is is so much uh more prevalent if that makes sense and this this brings me on to that thought process so you know people think being vulnerable is being weak Mm. but being vulnerable shows that you're secure in your identity and that the judges the judgment of others on that level of vulnerability on the the things what other people may think is weak or uh, incorrect shows that you you know you could you're you're first of all either willing to change or optimize or grow or expand or develop or it, it shows you that their views could possibly you know not really change you in terms of who you are yeah um it's funny man like there's a the, the captain of the richmond football club he in they just richmond just won the premiership oh, i bury for richmond a massive richmond guy <laughs> but he said a speech at the best and fairest night so the awards night and you know he talked about vulnerability and and the massive role that it played in his change as a person and also richmond's uh, so they do these triple H sessions so that one player has to get up in front of the whole group and it's hero hardship and something else and basically they talk about the biggest hardships in their life they talk about um, the you know the biggest heroes that they've had in their life and they, they kind of open up yeah. and become vulnerable to the group and it was that was that was what created connection but you know and then he talked about the something else and he goes you know nobody looks up to the man uh, everybody looks up to the soldier battling in the arena and nobody looks up to the people talking about him from the outer you know yeah. like and that's what you were talking about is that ability you know your, your vulnerability almost represents your strength and i guess and that's how you get overcome the ego right yeah. so if, if you if you're egotistic you're not going to be vulnerable but the minute what you become vulnerable the element or the depth or the strength of the ego starts to diminish yeah and i think that's where you know your ability to achieve catapults in any particular field or whatever you're trying to achieve the second you decide to become vulnerable because that's where you can find your true strength Mm. and by removing the ego because the ego is almost what tears you down every single time a self-limiting wall Mm. you know and by being vulnerable it allows you to portray your weakness possible perceived weakness at least and that allows you to pay attention and possibly overcome it and mm. you're only as strong as your weakest link so it either allows you to have that nurture and support from someone else who could be better than you at that possible or perceived weakness or it allows you to give direction and attention to that possible perceived weakness in order for you to nurture that and develop and upbring yourself yeah you can't you can't make like you know 
you can't truly progress without your ability to drop the ego because yeah. the ego is what stops you from finding the sources that help you to progress the most mm. and then that and then it comes being vulnerable comes from self-awareness and self-awareness comes from presence and presence is best obtained through meditation legally yeah <laughs> <laughs> awesome man um yeah. that was a really cool conversation um time flies it's already been an hour wow. but um you know, yeah. you're in Melbourne for six, six months, months now. So yeah, it was six, yeah, six months. What do you got coming up so everyone out there can kind of... Oh, awesome. Wicked. Right. Well, um, I'm going to be launching some cool stuff uh, over the upcoming uh, six months, you know. So uh, uh, the seminars, there's going to be a seminar in Perth. Um, I shredded HP in cool. around three months' time. It's going to be doing about four different seminars at Body Seek in cool. Melbourne. Awesome. Um, and... Uh, some at Jungle HQ and then um, there's going to be the um, release of an ebook and also some other cool things yeah awesome some other cool things awesome Um, cool so where can they find you Instagram Instagram's definitely the best bet what's your it's um, coach Jake Carter but I've also got a website I have no doubt that the people out there will get a lot out of this conversation yeah. I definitely did um, it's really cool to chat thanks for coming on man my pleasure dude thank you